Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast. Brought to you by rosterwatch.com. I'm Alex Dunlap here with Byron Lambert. Wanted to give a quick thank you to everybody that's given us ratings and reviews in Apple Podcasts. I noticed that we're cranking up now to around 415 of them. Uh, once we get to 500, we'll be giving out more pro memberships at rosterwatch.com. Of course, this podcast is brought to you by our pro members at rosterwatch.com. And if you'd like to join them, uh, go over there right now. You get access to all of the in-season tools, the waiver wire cheat sheets, the DFS cheat sheets, the snap counts, touches, targets, the epic matchup tool the Vegas tool, the Hyper DFS lineup generator, all of those things uh, available to you with a pro membership at rosterwatch.com. But if you don't want to, just go give us a rating and review and make sure and leave your Instagram and or Twitter handle on there. In doing so, you will enter yourself for a chance to win a free Rosterwatch Pro membership. All right, Byron, uh, let's just get started. Week three on the waiver wire. Uh, just want This is, as always, a quick supplemental um, a quick supplemental addendum to the actual cheat sheets over there at rosterwatch.com. We don't want to give the exact order of these players or the exact, you know, free agent budget, uh, you know, acquisition bids that we're going to be giving, but just kind of want to give a primer regardless. And I, I think that the, I think that the, um, a lot, a lot of people are going to be interested in Wayne Gallman this week with the injury to Saquon Barkley. We're hearing now that that's a, uh, four to eight week injury. Um, Man, if it's eight weeks, it's he's going to be out until the fantasy football playoffs. Before we talk about Wayne Gallman, are, are you doing? Are you tar, are you going to try to target Saquon Barkley in any any trades if your team's three and zero, or is that, or is that just looking way too far ahead? I noticed that I noticed if you look at the strength of schedule tool, I think he has a couple pretty good matchups to end the season. Um, I, I wanted to say it's Miami and somebody maybe like Miami and Washington, but it's. You're you're taking on a whole lot of risk here for the rest of the year. Just quick, quickly, your thoughts on what to do with Saquon Barkley if you're a Saquon owner? Well, you'll just have to wait for the trade cast tomorrow, like everybody else, Alex. Okay, the trade cast. All right, so here on the channel, nice. All right, so you can talk about that then. Let's talk about Wayne Gallman then. Only owned in four percent of leagues, he's probably going to be the top priority waiver pickup this week. How are you prioritizing him? Because the New York Giants don't really have anything on the roster behind him. They're going to probably have to look into picking somebody up. It won't be C.J. Anderson, possibly, because he's working out with the Texans. Um, but as far as what they have on their roster right now, uh, let me just pull up. I'll go, to, I'll go to the depth chart here and just look and see. But it really is it really is not much that they have behind Gallman at the running back position. Um, it's actually all they have is Elijah Penny. So they're, they're going to need to pick somebody up or call somebody up off the practice squad. What are we doing with Gallman this week? I think he's probably the you know, he's, he's, he's probably the lead story. Wayne Gallman, big picture guy you never really want to put all your eggs in his basket, you know. But however, in this situation, be Barkley owners, he's going to be extremely valuable. He's probably most valuable to Barkley owners, and then other teams who've been hit with injury or just drafted poorly, or maybe have some bye week issues coming up. If you need a a flex starter, I mean, it's he's going to be very valuable to teams in that position too. So, say you're zero and three, and you're desperate for a flex play this week. You're going to have to bid a whole lot on Wayne Gallman. If you own Saquon Barkley, he's going to be extremely valuable to you. For everybody else, I would just it's a nice pickup. He is the top pickup of the week. I would just caution about putting all your eggs in the Wayne Gallman basket. 
Uh, well, I, I don't think anybody would be putting all their eggs in the Wayne Gallman basket, but I do think that in a league where maybe you start two flex players or even in, even where your flex has been hurting you, I think that picking up Wayne Gallman, especially this week, I think I was working on the matchup tool earlier to try and get it up a little bit earlier this week. Unfortunately, some developmental, <laughs> some stuff on the developmental backside might keep me from getting that done, so I'm glad that I looked into it. Um, early this week uh but in saying that uh, yeah so the giants are at home versus versus the redskins who are just absolutely putrid um i did start on the matchup tool for this week the washington reds let me just give me a chance to pull it up the washington redskins versus opposing runners in this week's tool are going to be uh so not i mean not you know, not the not as good as they've been versus opposing quarterbacks and opposing wide receivers, but still a middling near top twelve matchup at number fourteen. I think it's a good spot. Three point favorites at home. You know, if you're picking him up, definitely. You know, planning on using him this week. Uh, if you know better options, all in on a one week play unless you're zero and three. And I know he's more than a one week play, but I'm just saying big picture. Who could, who could they really bring big, in? Big, I'm I mean, just saying could, big picture. You got to be a little bit a, a little bit cautious about. You know, going all in. I think some people are going to have to go close to all in on Wayne Gallman. So. Yeah, now, hopefully you're not in a position where you have to go. Value is just going to vary, you know, a lot depending on your situation. But he is a top priority, and if you want him, you go go put a pretty solid bid in, and you can see on the sheet what our recommendation is over at rosterwatch.com. All right, so at the running back position outside of Gallman, clearly, I mean, Chris Thompson, you can you can definitely. Pick him up only owned in what forty four percent of leagues right now, especially in PPR. He should probably be owned. Adrian Peterson just looks like he's dead. He's dust. Case Keenum last night is dead. He's absolutely, absolutely dust. Um, what, Chris Thompson, for you, what what is your outlook on him? Um, I feel like they're going to be in negative game scripts. Do you? I mean, what did you? Th- could 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 you believe last night that they didn't get Ke- that they didn't get, get Keenum out of the game and put in Haskins? I mean, how long do we really need to wait for that to happen? I mean, I, I've been shocked with Keenum out of the gate to begin with. I told you he ruined. I mean, he was just so pathetic last year that he ruined anything fantasy attached to him. So it's been a miracle what's happened through the first couple of weeks, in my opinion, anyway. So Haskins is going to come in and look like all these other guys. It's just beautiful to see a nice, fresh, live arm step into the game, man. Yeah. Chris Thompson in on 51% of snaps in week three. In week two, uh, I believe in on um, – 45% of snaps, so he's been seeing an uptick since his return to the lineup. Eight targets in week two, then in week three here on the snap count touches and targets tool, uh, five five targets. So uh, 108, 108 total yards in Monday Night Football last night on 51% of snaps. Adrian Peterson only playing 47% of snaps, and like I said, 13 13 touches for 34 total yards is not going to get it done. That offensive line is not looking any good. Last night we saw, what was that Brandon Scherf that got banged up and hurt? I mean, they're already without Trent Williams, so I, this is going to be a team that's going to be thrown to the to the running back out of the backfield. I think Chris Thompson in PPR leagues, if you need help, I agree with your slotting of him here on the sheet. I, I think that he's sort of in a class by himself. Before we talk about any, any of these other dirt balls, sort of uh, down uh, down the row. My question is with Ronald Jones. I mean, do you think he could be starting to come on a little bit, and maybe he should be considered there along with Chris Thompson? 
no way to tell. And if you claim that, you know, it's you're being disingenuous unless you somehow have an inside connection with the team. We've got to see more. That's still very up in the areas. You can't make too much out of one. Can't make too much out of one week. And we got we got to see more, man. That thing that thing has been susceptible to change on a weekly basis so far. Uh, understood, but I mean, if you're just uh, we're, we're we're talking about players who are interested in taking a flyer on, we largely know what Chris Thompson is. Don't you think that Ronald Jones? Uh, I mean, don't you think that Ronald Jones has a more clear opportunity to possibly move up into true consideration um, in the coming weeks as the true RB one for that team? And as, as much as we hate Jameis Winston, and you know. That offense has good players. It'll find itself in scoring position. He has flashed. I just I wonder if I wonder. He's if got more upside, side. but we got to sit here and say you you know could with everything associated with Ronald Jones. I mean, Chris Thompson is a decent flex play right now, and could be for a while. As I'm looking a little bit farther down this sheet, I notice guys like I, I feel like a lot of people are going to go hot and heavy this week over Darrell Williams just because of how much he got the football, went over 100 yards. But we do get Damian Williams back pretty soon. LaShawn McCoy still waiting uh, news on the extent of his injury. Um, do, is it just that he he didn't look quite as slow uh, on Sunday as you know he as, as he tested? He tested like a four seven eight guy, just a complete slug. Uh, looked a little bit better there. It seems to me like he has the upper hand on Darwin Thompson. Darwin Thompson didn't get any run until the very end of that one. How are you parsing those together if anybody's interested in going after one of those pieces on the KC side? Well, truthfully, I figure you'd admonish me for, for putting Williams over Thompson as much as you hated him this entire time. <laughs> but he did out, he did outproduce, so I put him back to back and. You know, I suppose if you had to start one of those guys right now, he'd be more interested in. I see maybe a little more value to a stash with Darwin Thompson, just depending on the health of these other these other dudes back there. But I mean, this offense, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, man, they make everybody look fast out there, Alex. Does Rex Burkhead need to be considered this week, considering the fact that his usage last week had largely to do with James White missing so much time, or at least it would seem. Or, or do you think Sony Michelle looks bad? Because I, I think Sony Michelle looks looks bad. Um, what? And by the way, what's what's happened to Sony Michelle? From the time that we evaluated him, he was this dynamic space player that could that could you know get into space and really slash and not. I thought even he had look, some Kenya Drake or Alvin Kamara. You man. know, it just it, he. I just I'm, am I the crazy? Knee, man. Am I crazy? I, I just haven't seen it. The media insiders there warned us about it. You know, when we were there making our calculations on how to value Sony Michelle in our drafts at Patriots camp. You know, we reported on this very podcast that, you know, there were some positive signs, but that every trusted Patriots insider with their, their media contingent that we know, they all said, Hey man, we would never forget about the fact that he's got this chronic and balky knee and just be prepared, you know, for it to affect him in some way is the realistic way to look at this. So I'd say if he's lost any juice, I mean, it, it's got to be because of that, right? Yeah, and I mean, he's I, a between I, the tackles, first and second down guy, and he's a grind. He just looks like a good looks offense. like a plodding plodding grinder in there. He just doesn't look any good, and they and it, just, it says something that they refuse to use him in the passing game. You know, they've talked and talked more about it. That was something that they talked about whenever you were there in training camp. He's going to be more involved in the passing game. I could be crazy, but it, it feels like we've sort of yet to yet to see that, even in these spots where where. Well, James White hasn't been there. Rex Burkhead's been the guy that seems to have that sort of multifaceted skill set where he could, you know, really, really step in and 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 
handle something that's similar to like a Sony Michelle meets a James White type of type of role for them. Yeah, I mean, Burkhead had missed some time in training camp there for a little while, so that gave rise to Sony Michelle some additional opportunities in the past game. He showed that he's functional there. You know, it's hard just hard to know what Belichick's going to do. I mean, apparently he still likes Burkhead. That's an asset he's been waiting to deploy the last couple of years and really hadn't for you know any consistent period of time i think been able to use him the way that he wanted to so out of the gate i i think what you like what you see out of burkhead uh you could argue he should go a little bit lower on the sheet with the return of james white i, I thought long and hard about that it's just the guys below him on the sheet don't really uh you know send a thrill up your leg that you know that far up your leg either so you know that's yeah and the fact is burkhead has been very good for fantasy what what about Justin Jackson? He needs to get moved up on this sheet before we deploy it. I just I wonder how far we need to move him up. Is Eckler hurt? No, no, no. But it's like but it's been a, it's been it, like pull up the snap counts touches and targets tool and just go to the Chargers. And if you look at it, so let's look at week one. Justin Jackson, um, Justin Jackson in week one, seven touches, twenty five percent of snaps. Week two, Justin Jackson, eight touches, 27% of snaps. Week three, Justin Jackson, nine touches, 37% of snaps. And this week, they're going into Miami as 17-point favorites. I, I just I wonder if Justin Jackson could be a good pickup just for this week as a guy that has a great matchup that you could plug in if you do have, say, one of your San Francisco guys, Le'Veon Bell, somebody like that on bye. Um, Justin Jackson could be a guy who you could plug in this week as a kind of real flyer at your flex. And, I mean, his snap counts are creeping up. If, it gets to, if this thing gets to a 40% snap count, it's going gonna, it's gonna to start to kind of hurt Austin Eckler and uh, really benefit Justin Jackson in an offense where we've seen that they can they can really generate a lot on you know they can generate a lot on on the ground. It's a it's a it's a good Philip Rivers offense. Yeah, again another slug. I thought you might reprimand me for having him a little bit higher on the sheet just based on pre-draft. I know you didn't want him anywhere even near the bottom of our cheat sheets, but I, I get the one week circumstantial play. That's smart, you know, with the game script that you're expecting. So it's, you know, I don't, maybe there's, uh, there could be upside in a given week just based on that offense. I'm not sure we've seen that out of them yet, but you could do worse, man. I mean, people happen to plot along with some pretty tough, like, you know, flex two or uh, type plays right now, you know, with the buys coming up. So I think it's fine to move him up. Speaking of plotting along, can, can we move him up above Jamal Williams? <laughs> I mean, what's that like? What, well, you what ought, do you I think mean, about Jamal it? Williams has been getting, you know, do, well, I mean, the we Fleur, it's inexplicable yeah. in our in our yeah. estimation, but he's committed to Jamal Williams and Williams and producing. And, you know, again, this is a lackluster kind of group, but you got to say that he's got a pretty decent role right now on a on a decent offense. So. So Justin Jackson up there in sort of the Jamal Williams range, you're fine with me making that change here. Yeah, I mean, most of the rest of those guys are handcuffed. So if you're looking for like a play this week, then that's fine. Yeah. Which um, you know, certainly be one of the priorities on, on the sheet. You know, I just I always get a little nervous about putting two Justin Jackson too high on here before you have a look at it. Right. Uh, un- un- understood. Anybody else at the running back position that you wanted to touch on that we didn't get to? Gus Edwards looks like a really nice handcuff right now. That thing's shaping up just about how. Yeah, yeah and Mark Ingram is probably going to get hurt. 
I'm trying to sell high on Mark Ingram right now in, in one of our leagues, um, trying, to, trying to ship him plus Cortland Sutton off for a buy low Devontae Adams from our boy Mike Band. We'll see if he uh, we'll see if he pulls the trigger on that. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, it's it's uh, it, the minute that Mark Ingram gets hurt, you know, Gus the bus becomes very very valuable in fantasy football in that Lamar Jackson offense. So he's kind of one of these handcuffs that we need to have on our radars for sure. So I do I'd like say the slotting is maybe one other uh, just bottom the barrel one here. Had had it not been for a fumble. It was shaping up to be a pretty decent low-end flex play. Yeldon in for Singletary this last week, Alex. So yeah, I hate Yeldon. It, well, say what you want. He's a pretty decent three-down back. And, I mean, Gore can only get so much volume for so long. I, 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 we got to look at Singletary status. But in a game against the Patriots, whatever, it's super low-end flex play. But if I think it's a viable option in a competitive league if Singletary's out again this week. Very good. All right, let's move on to the wide receiver position. And this thing, I mean, is this is cra- some of these are crazy to me. I was looking at it earlier. I like to just kind of go and sort by um, go to uh, roster watch to the touchdown dependency tool that's up every week that I'm not sure everybody knows about because we don't make a post on the ticker that it's there. I should probably start doing that just between us. But um, you know, if you just if you look at the uh, fantasy points on the on the season. I mean, uh, you just count one. You go Keenan Allen, Julio Jones, Sammy Watkins, Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, DJ Chark. <laughs> He's still only owned in in forty one percent of leagues. Um, what just what can you make of this? Are are you fully buying into Gardner Minshew and and DJ Chark's second year sort of outburst here? He's been he's been really good, and if you look at his touchdown dependency, I mean. He's far less touchdown dependent than Julio. Like his, his, his touchdown dependency right now is a little a tick higher than we'd like. We we like it more at the thirty percent, kind of like Keenan Allen is right now as 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 wide receiver one in fantasy and only thirty percent touchdown dependent. But Julio Jones in, at number two, forty seven percent touchdown dependent. Sammy Watkins at number three, thirty six percent touchdown dependent. Amari Cooper at number four, fifty percent touchdown dependent. Mike Evans at number uh, five. 39% touchdown dependent. So DJ Chark at 39% touchdown dependency is just ba- he's basically been the same player as Mike Evans. He's, he's be- except he's getting more fantasy points per target. You know, only six targets a game compared to these other guys. So he's been a per- he's been a fantasy points per target monster. Um, you know, so probably that's something that'll come back down to earth a little bit. But I think with DJ Chark at this point, you're looking at like a wide receiver. I mean, you, if you've been playing him as your wide receiver three, you've loved it. Now he should be considered as a wide receiver two-ish kind of low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three until proven otherwise. Or am I just getting way ahead of my skis here? Like, what do we do with DJ Chark? I mean, it's we're. I mean, if you need a receiver, you go get him, man. Yeah. If you need a receiver, you go get him. It's, you know, it might not win you the season, but I, I think you're right. If you need, you need a receiver, he's a good option. And if if he's your wide receiver three with kind of like a more of a wide receiver two profiling more as a wide receiver two. You certainly like that man right off your waiver wire. That's pretty, pretty solid ad. I mean, he's less owned than McCole Hardman and Cortland Sutton who were also here on the sheet. Those guys need to be owned in in much, much more than just, you know, around 50% of leagues. And then we talked last week about golden Tate. It's time to get him back. And just what were your impressions of Daniel Jones, man? What were your impressions of, of of all the analysts who just said there's no way he's ever going to be any good and that Will Greer is going to be the GOAT? 
<laughs> kind of what we've grown to expect around here, man. <laughs> These morons. It's just they don't even get out and look at these players. That's they don't even get out and look at them. Oh, uh, that was the worst senior bowl. I mean, right down with Logan Thomas and Stephen Morris, if not worse. I real Alex. I mean, I said I had never seen anything as atrocious. Will Greer could he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn for a week in Mobile. He was it, it, a, an abomination, the worst quarterback I've seen, and that just doesn't happen. I don't he care. wasn't as bad as Kellen Moore. Who's completely turned around the Cowboys, but well, you know, Greer, could, Greer is the son of a coach. Couldn't you see him getting on the on the Kellen Moore train? Yes, yeah. yes. A guy whose mind allows him to be on an NFL roster for a little while, and then he turns his un, unleashes his mind on 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 coaching. Right, the prolific college career, and then the uh, and then goes on to get paid a little bit to be a backup in the NFL and you know everything else. But Daniel Jones, back to Golden Tate, due back. Um, any is he due back this week? Is Golden Tate due back this week? Is I believe he due it back in week five. Four game suspension, I believe. So Golden Tate. Um, let's see. So he'll be out through October first. So that would be yeah. So we're gonna we get one more week without Golden Tate. He returns in week five on the October. Uh, there on there on that slate of games um, to start October. So he'll be back at practice. The he'll be right back at practice after this next weekend slate of games. So only owned thirty seven percent of leagues. He's a guy that I'm looking at in all of my leagues to pick up. Daniel Jones should really lift all boats around there. And look, man, Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, Evan Ingram. With no Saquon Barkley, they're gonna like for the next couple of weeks. They're gonna have to really, really go for some some more of these sort of low average depth of target throws and, and keep Daniel Jones on pace. So I think the Golden Tate coming back. It's not like he's coming back off an injury. He's healthy, so um, he's he's hopefully fertile, right? After all those treatments. <laughs> A very what do they call it? Viral, viral. Should Philip Dorsett be be in this top group? Speaking of senior bowls, I was thinking about Philip Dorsett's senior bowl uh, earlier today when I was thinking about waivers, and I just remember thinking that this – I mean, do you remember the way that we sort of thought about him at at his senior bowl? We thought he was going to be a real star. And then when he went and got drafted by the Indianapolis Colts, it just it seemed like such a redundant piece that Ryan Grigson would use a first goddamn round pick on Philip Dorsett instead of an offensive lineman for Andrew Luck. But – that's all water under the bridge. Dor- I mean, Dorsett's only owning thirty-two percent of leagues, and uh, you know, we've we've seen now. I mean, Edelman is, looks like he's going to be a little bit banged up. We'll see how long he's going to be out of there. But Josh Gordon got a little bit banged up in that game. I mean, we started to see Jacoby Myers and Gunnar Olasikowski come in. Should Philip Dorsett maybe be moved up from this second tier into that top tier with some of the guys that we just talked about? I mean, you can see where he's at on the sheet. It's all right. I mean basically the closest relative of the top tier on the sheet i guess you have to ask your question yourself the question how much are you willing to spend on philip dorsett to answer that alex yeah are I'm you not, willing to were you no, willing to I'm pony up that to, big number no, up at the no, top no i'm not like you would I'm on not. a miko hartman or a but, Cortland but, Sutton? but but to our listeners who are just using this podcast as a as a you know they don't have the sheet in front of them we want to help them too not of course not as much as we want to help our pro members who we who we love but um I think Philip Dorsett, you could spend up to – I think this is right on. I think 15, 20 percent – somewhere between 10 and 20 percent of budget, 15 to 20 percent of budget on Philip Dorsett, a perfectly fine play to make this week. Um, 
I noticed uh, just anybody else kind of sticking out to you. I think that Marquez Valdez Scantling, you know, that's that's interesting. He's only owned in fifty two percent of leagues, and maybe a lot of people have him available. Um, the the Philadelphia Eagles are going against the Green Bay Packers on well, let's see on on Thursday. So that's a the, like either the number one or number two matchup. I haven't got to wide receivers on the matchup tool yet, but probably the, they'll they'll stay in the top three after what sh- surely after what Marvin Jones was able to do to him this past week. Do you like Valdez Scantling for like a season long pickup just to kind of have on your bench for bye weeks, or were you thinking that you might want to deploy him on Thursday? I think he's yeah. I think Valdez is is fine is a fine pickup and it's like a really nice wide receiver four to have on your team and you can play him as needed. So uh, he's shown out really well and I think we know what we have in Valdez Scantling at this point. So I'm content with what he is and so if you can get some value on him on the waiver wire, he, he's a good add and I'm 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 willing to roll him out any week basically. Uh, I have a few other guys i wanted to touch on from the wide receiver group alex if you, you don't mind maybe i'll bust through a couple of them yeah go for it uh really appears cole beasley has submitted himself as a pretty solid you know low-end wide receiver option especially in ppr he's been he was pretty high on the sheet last week and he's going to stay right there this week after i think it was another 10 targets um they get the i think it's up against the patriots this week I would assume he probably has the favorable matchup on the inside rather than having to go up against somebody like a Stephon Gilmore, although that Patriots secondary is just tough all around. Uh, Preston Williams in Miami, I know hard to buy into that, anything in Miami, but he did get the 12 targets, only 3% owned. He's looked pretty beastly since preseason. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's yeah, a guy we- they've got to feature a little bit. Who They're playing uh, – who is Miami? I, I was – I need to pull up the uh, schedule here. Who, who does Miami have this week, Alex? I'm, I'm gonna. Uh, my we just talked about it. They have the Chargers. Um, yeah, Chargers. So that's I'm, it's a tough, a little bit of a tough matchup with their DBs. I'm I'm actually flipping. Like, here's the thing: people are gonna people always ask, should I drop this guy for this guy or drop this guy for this guy? Um, Corey Davis is going to be a player this week that people wonder, should I drop this guy? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I would drop Corey Davis for Preston Williams right now, <laughs> you know. So I'm gonna I'm gonna flip flop those two guys here on on the sheet if you don't mind. I think that I think that look if they if they stick with Rosen through the rest of the season, which is a big if, of course. You know, we don't, we don't even know he even he got banged up in that game, and Fitzpatrick came back in, and so we don't even know how things are gonna end up going with that. But if if down the road we do see some Josh Rosen, I mean, going back to the preseason, we saw all the times that he targeted Preston Williams and the connection those two guys had. So um, I would I, I would definitely look to pick him up this week. And I like in that same range. I do also like uh, I, I do also like Randall Cobb. I think as long as Michael Gallup continues to stay out, uh, it, it'll be up and down for him. But it, you can look. Boy, at he had a seventy-yard touchdown called back. That yeah, it's, well, it's just. It, I mean, but those those. It, it's like those kinds of Randall Cobb is still a good player and still a fairly explosive player despite his age and in games where they get matched up well uh, that's the kind of games where I expect Kellen Moore to you know he's he Kellen Moore's a coach that we can uh, you know how Sigmund Bloom talks about how you shouldn't ever rely on the assumption of rational coaching from a lot of these idiots I, I think that with Kellen Moore we can he's a sharp guy who we can kind of rely on the assumption of rational coaching. And I think he's the kind of guy who knows that Randall Cobb is still a good player. And if he can get him schemed up, 
it's something that he certainly should do. So I, yeah. I do like Randall Cobb here in that range too, and probably when another I, guy that I would drop the. I would I would drop the you know the the, the like the Mohamed Sanu's on my roster or the the Corey Davises or these guys like how how is Corey Davis like not even the top option on his own team in his own passing game? Is he just? I mean, I just don't know if he's been a colossal bust or what it is, but. For me, he's only a hold in dynasty. I, I can't afford to keep on burning a roster spot on this guy. The other thing that's worth mentioning is that Randall Cobb draws the Saints this week who just let Tyler Lockett go bananas. Yep, P.J. P, PJ Williams. So um, he could be another good pickup for this week, and that should be a good game. That should be a good game. This That'll week. be another, a- another good game for uh, Dak, another good game to – Another good game to stack up in DFS if you're into that kind of thing. Um, so a couple more here, Alex. Yeah, yeah, yeah a couple more. So tough matchup last night for the Redskins, but Paul Richardson has really started to emerge the last couple of weeks, and Trey Quinn has really drawn the targets pretty well in the first three weeks. Now they get the Giants this week, who I believe would be a pretty good matchup for those guys. So oh, I think Redskins. God, yes, the best, Redskins right? watch. Redskins wide receivers are players that you can. I mean, we saw what Mike Evans just did, uh, so that could obviously be McLaurin in this situation. But if, if you got a, he, he's obviously owned in most leagues at this point. So Trey Quinn, Paul Richardson, fellas, that you can look at. Another real sneaky one, I think this week, Alex is Danny Amendola at home against the Kansas City Chiefs. I feel like it could be a sneaky spot for Amendola to get a whole bunch of targets and what yeah. could be a high, higher paced uh, game. And then a few of. Uh, maybe unheralded rookies that started to uh, uh, show something over the weekend. Darius Slayton of the Giants and Deontay Johnson of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, onward to tight ends. Uh, the, the 49ers and the Jets are on bye this week. So Chris Herndon, his four-game suspension, really it's going to be like five games. We're not going to get him back until week six. But certainly a guy who you can stand to pick up right now if you're in tight end purgatory um, I, I agree with the slotting here, although I've kind of cooled the brakes a little bit on just how that offense is looking um, with just their complete, just, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's hard to be too hot on anything New York Jets right now with how bad they've been looking, but we all know that once Darnold gets back, things are going to hopefully at least bounce back to something semi-normal and Herndon really looked good in the preseason, looked good last year. I, I like that. Will Disley was a popular pickup last week, but still only owned in 44% of leagues. I think, Byron, that he's going to be a popular play this week in DFS, and I think he's going to be a popular streamer because Seattle, I believe, is going up against Arizona. Is that right? Does Seattle get Arizona this week? I'm 99%. Yes, Seattle at Arizona, who's been yeah. letting Greg Olson and Hawkinson and all these guys go up. And you were a little skeptical about Disley last week, but he did it again, Alex. He no, did he, it again. he did it again. And here's the thing. That Seattle defense, I'm, I'm moving Will Disley up into the next category because that Seattle defense is just so bad and so atrocious that we're finally getting the Russell Wilson volume that we want, Right. We're finally getting it. Teams are going to score on the Seattle defense. Like Teddy Bridgewater scored on them, which was just uh, completely inexplicable to me, something I did not see coming. I was ready to bury Alvin Kamara after how he looked whenever he came in versus the Rams. But it's like – You think 55% snap count is enough to lock him in every week? Or I mean, or would you just rather keep streaming than overspend for a Disley? I get it. I get it. I don't want to overspend. I don't want to overspend. So maybe what you're – maybe like as I'm – yeah – 
And if you notice yeah. what I did on the bottom tier this week, Alex, is that's usually only a 5% recommendation. It's, it's higher this week okay, for the that's entire fine. bottom that's tier. Fine. That's fine. I, I don't want to spend more than 10 to 15% on, on Will Disley, but I think maybe up to like 15% you could spend on him. So, um, I what don't are know. people going like, to spend on Dawson Knox, man? You think we can get in on him? Oh, yeah. No one's going to. No, I don't think anybody's going to pick up Dawson Knox. So funny. Can I you believe I was. Best ball and everything. I, crazy. I was so inundated with running around following DK Metcalf and AJ Brown and even Demarcus Lodge. I, I got a little bit of video at Dawson Knox at Ole Miss Pro Day, but it almost feels like he's a guy that just went totally under the radar, man. You know, but he's kind of a nice little H back type. And I was just thinking to myself recently that it sure would be nice for somebody like Josh Allen to have his own Mark Andrews like Lamar Jackson has. Because in my opinion, those are two very similar players. And if the Bills would get smart, they'd build an offense, you know, similar to what the Ravens are doing. And, you know, then you realize, oh shit, they got Dawson Knox. That's that could be their Mark Andrews, man. Remains to be seen, but it could be. We have um, it's over any anybody else at the tight end position you want to talk about. You guys can go look at it. It's a bunch of it's a bunch of guys who are lower owned. If you're in deeper leagues, and you know some of these plays, I actually you know I actually sort of like. Um, anybody else that you really wanted to talk about, or can we move on to quarterbacks and defense and get out of here? Not really wanting to talk about. I think you'll hear some people hyping Herb Smith a little bit, and then both Texans tight ends did something finally this last weekend. So Aikens was a guy we really liked at the senior bowl, but it's funny. Anyway. I got, I got, I, I got Aikens into one of one of 50 tournament lineups this, this last week. And I was still super overweight on him. <laughs> it's like, he scored like 26 points at 0.008% ownership. Um, okay. Let's go to, um, let's go to quarterbacks. I think that man, like for me, this thing starts and ends with Daniel Jones. He'll be a popular pickup this week. Uh, especially for those who might be missing like Jimmy Garoppolo or I guess they wouldn't be playing any of the New York Jets, but maybe they lost Cam Newton. Maybe they lost Ben Roethlisberger, uh, Andrew Luck earlier in the season. They've just found themselves in sort of streaming territory. If you've been using Josh Allen, I mean, he gets a bad matchup this week versus the Patriots, although he could sure get a lot of stuff done in garbage time versus those guys. So I'm not sure I'm ready to get Daniel Jones in over him. With that said, he does get the Redskins. You know, like we talked about earlier with Gallman, you know, they're three-point favorites at home. This game is a 49 total. Um, so Daniel Jones this week, somebody who you could pick up. And, you know, if you're living the streaming life, uh, definitely interested in him. Kyle Allen, too, looked pretty good last week. He has to go to Houston, but there's a 46.5 total in that game. And Houston, despite being tough on opposing runners, has been very forgiving to opposing uh, quarterbacks this season just because of how bad that secondary is. So, uh, you could see Kyle Allen, you know, getting the ball out, you know, early and often to his slot wide receivers in that absolute void of the Houston Texans, uh, the underneath passes to the, you know, the slot guys, the tight ends, and the running backs. It could be, you know, be be a good spot for him. And which of these guys really stick out to you? Well, Brissett appears to be emerging as a solid waiver wire quarterback option and maybe somebody a guy you can just roster and use when necessary and then i'm with you alex and we can flop this if we want i mean on the season daniel jones is definitely the waiver wire quarterback that i want and I, I'm, I'm even obviously fine with him this week in the matchup with washington i think at 51 percent owned folks do have to consider matt stafford at home against the chiefs this week 
Fair enough. Uh, we'll think. I, I, I think we should flip those two because I think a lot of these people would like to maybe have the chance to stream one week with Daniel Jones and then maybe just find your quarterback. You know, sometimes that happens. That's the best part about streaming is you stream and you stream and you stream and then you lock on to somebody that's good and then you don't have to stream anymore. So that, 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 could, that could be the case. But I do understand your point with Detroit this week. We talked earlier how they're playing Kansas City and what should be a high-scoring affair. That's in Detroit, and they're six-point dogs at home, a 54 over-under. Um, so Jones and Stafford, probably the two top waiver-wire pickups this week at the quarterback position, not only for this week, but Jones most certainly uh, moving forward through the course of the season. All right, defenses, who do you like? Any of these guys that are – you know, low owned that you're interested in possibly picking up. I see that you've mentioned here the Broncos. Why is who do the Broncos have this week? The Broncos haven't had like a sack, a turnover, or yeah, you know, like they haven't done anything yet under Fangio, even though they're really good uh from a from a personnel standpoint. I just I wonder what the hell's going on there with them. Looks like they're playing Jacksonville at home though. Is that sort of your Low over-under, three-point favorites. Is that sort of what you were thinking here about Denver being a, a decent option this week to pick up off waivers? Maybe going home, getting a little cook, home cooking, getting that defense right with the Jaguars you know, coming to town. It's not a thrilling week on the waiver wire at defense, Alex. No, I don't think it's a great week either. I'm just I'm trying to look at some of these other ones. Um, you know, it's just – I mean, Baltimore – The Colts get the Raiders. Yeah. The, I mean, that's probably not – are the Colts at home? believe it's in indianapolis yeah so you know that could be something we could definitely look at there um it looks like is is pittsburgh at home versus is pittsburgh at home versus cincinnati i uh, believe so yes that's the one i like if i'm going out this week and i'm picking up anybody off waivers it is the pittsburgh steelers 